Cloudcast Media presents from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina. This is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delp and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome to the Cloudcast. We're coming to you live from the massive Cloudcast studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, Aaron is off in Southeast Asia, I believe, in Bangkok this week. Uh, so there's potential he's never coming back, depending on how his nightlife goes. But uh, hopefully we'll see him back uh, next week for the next show. Nevertheless, um, we're always excited when we get a chance to talk to a new company. And today uh, we have a company, a uh, brand new company who's out in the public, but uh, just a little bit before going to be shipping some products. So we're excited to have uh, Sumit Singh, who's the founder and CEO of AppFormix. So Sumit, welcome to the show. And uh, Give us a little bit of background in yourself and, and AppFormix. Hi, Brian. Happy to be here. So we are AppFormix. We're just emerging from stealth. And at AppFormix, what we are focused on is enabling enterprise IT to run their infrastructure in a more streamlined fashion, to be able to uh, essentially truly get all the benefits of the, of the cloud within their enterprise environments and uh, as they expand um, you know into the public cloud in some kind of hybrid cloud model okay um your background is is pretty pretty extensive from an engineering perspective pretty diverse um give folks a sense we always like to find companies who uh, the founders, um, you know, not only have sort of lived in the trenches for this problem space, but, um, you know, have developed things that, you know, were the, were the foundation for, for where the next thing goes. So give folks a sense of not only your background, the, the companies you've started and sold, but also the types of things you built at, at some of the, the larger companies uh, like Cisco and Microsoft and others. So I started my career several years ago, actually the, uh, 20 years ago at this company called uh, AirTouch, where uh, I was uh, designing a performance and network management system for cellular operations. Um, AirTouch is, is gone, long gone, uh, merged into bigger, bigger things. But from there, uh, you know, I went on to do my PhD at uh, UCSD. Unfortunately, I never finished because I took my thesis at that time and spun it into a, a startup coming out of UCSD, which was eventually acquired by Cisco. But what, what that startup was about was about streaming algorithms, uh, about taking uh, data at very high speeds and processing it and converting all of that noise into, into signals that were easy to consume, right? And we, in that case, we, we took all of that research, all of, all of that work, and used those uh, techniques to build better security products and uh, you know took took that company into Cisco took the technology deployed it into various Cisco 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 platforms and spent several years at Cisco just building big networking gear um, looking at uh, you know uh, how to let's say make networking gear more programmable and that's that's where I got introduced to OpenStack very early on, um, very, very, very early on. In, in fact, even before the first few OpenStack companies were, were funded is when actually Cisco started looking at it. And I was, I was looking at that and I got interested in the cloud. Cisco had several uh, projects spun up to look at the cloud and it was a very interesting space. And a lot of the work that I had done previously, you know, in distributed systems, in data analysis, in uh, 
just uh, analytics was very applicable. And, uh, you know, just kept going deeper into it, kept going deeper into how networks would be more programmable and SDN kind of came about. Lots of interesting times. But then from Cisco, uh, I, I went on to, to Azure, which was uh, at that time growing at this insane rate. It probably still is growing at an insane rate. And it was a very uh, good environment, uh, like lots of smart people working on challenging problems um, you know, all the time. And it's working with large-scale infrastructure. And, uh, you know, when you do that, uh, it's an eye-opener. Even sometimes, even the products you've designed previously, when you, when you kind of are in this new environment and you think about, hey, this is how I designed the product and this is how it's actually used in this, this live environment and this is the scale of this live environment. And it's, it, you really, really realize that, you know, you, you got things so wrong. Right, right. And yeah. uh, <laughs> it's, it's a complete eye-opener, just, right. just being in, in that kind of environment. Right. And, and, then, you, were, and you were designing a lot of the, the sort of early SDN networks for, for Azure, correct? Yeah. So the, the early SDN uh, network was, uh, all, was, was already being developed while, when, I, when I joined Azure. Uh, they were just in the process of uh, putting it out. What I came in and worked on really was uh, extending it to the hybrid cloud, so making it easier for enterprises to connect with Azure, and that's that. That's the service me and my team built, and then released it, and then just you know that process of building a service, releasing it, seeing the uptake on it is. Uh, at, at that large scale is, is just such an awesome experience. You, you took some learnings from there. Um, you know, one of the biggest things that I always find uh, in talking to, to different people is, um, you know, it's, it's one thing you, you talked about. It's one thing to, to build at certain scale and another thing to build at a bigger scale. But the other thing I hear from a lot of people is, um, you know, a lot of people don't understand the nuances or the complexity of building in, in sort of truly shared infrastructure where you have, uh, you know, multi-tenants, maybe not always, uh, you know, complete isolation between the tenants. You've got, you know, shared network infrastructure. Like, talk about some of the things that you guys learned, not only from, from doing it at Azure, because, again, it was at scale, but, but what you took from that and, and uh, you know, sort of what you're looking to turn that into from, with, from an AppFormix perspective. It, it, what it really comes down to is there's a right way of doing things and there's a wrong way of doing things. And uh, the, the right way is right regardless of the scale. And let's just say what Azure was, was, was for me, an eye-opener on what's the right way to do things. So simple things like, uh, you know, to design for uh, infinite scale, or you have to have systems that are autonomous. You have to account uh, for, for things that, you ha- that service has to continue no matter what kind of failure there is in, in, in the path. And... And that's really, that's, I think that, that, that would be like the key learning there, that failures always happen. Yep. You, you have to have the tools in place. You have to have the instrumentation in place to, be, uh, to realize what the failures are, potentially even before they happen. Um, and then, of course, uh, you have to build software in a way where you, you, know, you can kind of, uh, even in the, 
even in the face of failure, continue to operate and ensure that your customers don't see any disruption. Right. right. In that same, yeah, you know, in that same spirit, it's a, it's a large multi-tenant environment. Uh, I mean, cloud infrastructure is generally, I mean, it is fundamentally shared infrastructure. So it's critical. I mean, security is critical. Uh, ensuring that uh, if you know that no one tenant can disrupt the service of any other tenant, and so just building for scale, building for security, building to uh, work around failures, putting the tooling in place, putting the operational practices in place, um, and I mean, so, like things like you know when when failures happen, the extent to which you go to to analyze why the failure happened. I mean, just having that that cadence, it's it's you just got to have it. You got to, you know, follow everything through, not not leave anything or anything unfinished. You know, you talked about you you helped uh, sort of extend some technology. You you built it out to a new place. You got it launched. What uh, talk about you know what drove you to sort of want to get back to your your entrepreneurial roots, your your startup roots, and and get the company started and, and sort of what was the what was the core problem you you felt like was going to be uh, you know solved with your technology so the the core problem or at least what i saw as an opportunity uh, i mean at heart i've always wanted to work on my own thing so yeah. it's uh, it you you work in large environments i mean you there you work with great people you learn a lot you getting to work on large infrastructure but really in my heart I've, I've wanted to go back to my to my roots and start another company and really truly be, be in a put myself in a position where I could apply the last 10 years of learning and not just the last few years of learning let's say and that's really what Appformix was about so if you if you look at the cloud landscape and if you if you look at what uh, Azure does and Amazon does and Google does. I mean, these companies are innovating so fast at such a rapid pace that it's practically impossible for uh, you know enterprises to keep up with them on their own. It's impossible for smaller service providers to keep up with them on their own. And increasingly, uh, more and more and more services are being delivered in software. So you. What then, I mean, if you need to compete with these guys or even if you not need to compete, but if you want to play with these guys in the future, because if you look at the, you know, the template for the hybrid cloud, then what you need is that in the, you know, the, the, the stack that you have running in the enterprise and the stack that you have running in the, in the public cloud, they need to be very aligned. Right? You need to have the same kind of uh, tools that you use in-house want to use that same those same kind of tools in, in the cloud. You want to have the same um, software run in both places. Uh, you, you want to have seamless infrastructure in both places. And AppFormix then in that context was about ensuring that, you know, that innovation engine kind of continues, that, hey, we, we can deliver to enterprises and we can deliver to smaller service providers capabilities that, you would need to interoperate with these larger clouds like Google and, and Amazon and Azure. Whenever you know, I'm, I'm talking to providers, a lot of them are, I mean, that, that's what they're trying to figure out. And, and the nice thing is, in a lot of cases, they, they have a very strong relationship with their customer base or a growing customer base, but they just can't keep up with 
you know, bringing the, the same types of technology and then they get themselves stuck into a, you know, sort of race to the bottom or, you know, just, just competing on price. So it's, it's, it's powerful that you're trying to take some of that knowledge that you have from, you know, live expertise at an Azure and some one of the large public clouds and then trying to bring that from a software perspective to help them out. Um, now let's talk a little bit about the technology itself. Um, you know, obviously we're, we're talking live. This would probably work better if it was on the whiteboard, but, but give me, give me the core kind of sense of, you know, how the technology is, is looking at the infrastructure, uh, you know, the, the, the breadth that it's looking at, you know, is it looking at compute storage and networking or, uh, you know, g- give folks a sense as best you can in, in terms of what exactly it's doing. Yeah, so uh, so what really we're hearing from customers uh, is essentially this new message, which says the new stack for new applications, right? I mean, so we've all been virtualizing for several years now, and, uh, you know, VMware was kind of like the flag bearer there. Right. But really what, what it's about now is that next generation of services, the kind the and building those next generation of services, you you kind of looking at uh, the template from from the cloud, like how you would build the service on like the cloud infrastructure, like Amazon, perhaps, right? So, with even within the enterprise, you want to have that new kind of stack now that that enables you to deliver services or applications internally in in that kind of a model, and in that model. If you look at what's really going on in there, you see cloud teams popping up in these enterprises, and these cloud teams then look across uh, look across the silos. They they don't work in like network or storage or compute. They are the cloud team. They look across all three of them, and if you look at each one of these three segments independently, like storage, compute, network, uh, all of them are are even more and more software defined now and. What's happening is that all infrastructure is getting converged. Right. You're, getting, you're getting some management stack like OpenStack or, or Kubernetes or, or Mesos that essentially takes these you know, individual servers, these individual cores, uh, and makes your entire cluster or data center appear as essentially one big server. It gives you that, that abstraction. You know, you get your storage, you you get your network, and it's it's all seamless. It's all managed like in you know using this common abstraction, and that's roughly where we are kind of inserting inserting ourselves as well. So, in this new world where you have new new infra, this new stack for the new applications, where it's more converged, where the teams are more converged, what Appformics provides to you know these these enterprise IT is this new way to analyze how your infrastructure is being consumed by all of the workload that's that's running on top of the infrastructure you know you can think of us as sitting at the intersection of the applications and the and, and the infrastructure as any of uh, you know the orchestration engines deploy more and more uh, workloads onto the infrastructure we are then in a, in real time able to analyze how each of those workloads are, is performing. Are workloads contending with each other for resources? Um, is is there anything in your infrastructure that's uh, that's being a bottleneck to the efficiency of your workload and, and things like that? Gotcha. Now, digging in just a little bit, I know 
you guys are, are still sort of in stealth and in, and in beta, but just at a basic level, how do you go about capturing uh, the information? Is it is it um, uh, you know agents uh, within containers or virtual machines, or how do you how are you collecting information not only about kind of a specific customer's set of resources, but maybe at a at a cloud or provider level? You know what else is going on on those resources um, to to make intelligent decisions? Yeah, that, that's a great question. So our initial market is the is the enterprise cloud. So what we are looking at is uh, clusters that use cloud clusters that you spin up in your enterprise cloud. Let's say either using OpenStack or using some kind of management framework to to manage those clouds. In in terms of deployment, uh, what uh, our solution has several different parts. The, the first part, the first component is, of course, we have an agent that sits on the on the host. Um, and what's what's unique about us is that uh, what we have is is an agent that's deployed on each one of the hosts. And what each agent is doing is not only collecting the resource usage metrics on the host, but is also analyzing all of these metrics in, in real time. So we use uh, a class of streaming algorithms to do all of the analysis in real time. And uh, again, taking that a step further, we are able then in, in real time to correlate these, met- these, uh, these cross-domain metrics. So as, as in, how does, what's the relation between you know, the CPU and the network or uh, the memory and the, and the storage and then things like that. All the analysis happens in real time. So what leaves your server is consumable signals that are already giving you good pieces of information as to how your infrastructure is performing. Right? So that's the, that's, the first, that's the first order thing. Built on top of that is uh, we, we have an analytics engine that consumes all of these signals and then can... Uh, help you uh, better plan your infrastructure. It can in, it can tell you where you're being wasteful in your use of infrastructure. Uh, it can tell you uh, where you need to deploy more infrastructure, or you know when you're going to run out of infrastructure even. And in that same spirit, it can also influence your application schedulers. Um, you know, with, with the, you know, it can arm them with the information so that they can better place the workloads on the infrastructure to, you know, extract the maximum uh, ROI from your infrastructure to, to essentially get the best performance possible, um, you know, from your infrastructure. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, that was, and that sort of touches on what was going to kind of be my next question. So it, it seems like, um, you know, you're going to have a, a mechanism. Obviously, you're, you're collecting information in real time. Uh, you can you can generate information that's that's useful from a monitoring perspective. But you're also going to be able to um, to feed information back into an OpenStack, a Kubernetes, a Mesos, one of the other scheduling things to give it some intelligence that it can use to to make better placement decisions. Absolutely, that's really what's key, and and that's how we uh, that we that's how we fit into the ecosystem. Like as part of the technology like that we built into the agents, um, we, uh, I mean, you can you can start off with a simple agent that kind of looks at the the usage metrics on 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 the host, but 
we also have an, a, a more sophisticated and advanced version of the agent that can actually introspect all of the I.O. transactions that are happening on the server. And um, that information is currently not available. So essentially, if you look at any scheduling algorithms today, they mostly account for CPU and, and memory availability. They do not really account for, hey, these are the number of transactions, I.O. transactions that uh, the, you know, that the application is uh, doing. This, this is the capacity of the server and things like that. So we then in that context enable a, a more informed decision-making process for the workload placement that is inclusive of uh, you know the the I/O in addition to the the CPU and the and the memory. So, okay. yeah, that no, makes makes sense. Um, I, I know that you're still in early days and, and haven't you know you're, you're, like I said you're still in beta. Um, beyond say uh, uh, some of the scheduling things, you're collecting a lot of information about monitoring and uh, you, you know kind of status of what's going on. Do you have intentions or have you identified partners that that you expect to work with um, that, you know, do some higher level things, maybe at an application level, a, a Datadog or a new Relic or any of the logging companies? Have, have you started to, to look at, you know, what what you think are the other places where your information becomes additive or complementary um, to services that you you hear from your from your early customers? Yes, yes, we do. So, I mean, and so it's great that you bring up these uh, these examples because uh, they come up often. And so if, if we think about the ecosystem as it exists today, over the last five or six years, uh, you know, this whole uh, application performance management space, it's just been, uh, it's been going phenomenal, right? I mean, it's yep. been growing like insane. You have New Relic, you have App Dynamics, you even, you even have, you even have Splunk. Right. But fundamentally, what each of these products is doing, right? I mean, especially if you think about New Relic or App Dynamics, what each of these products is doing is it's trying to optimize the performance of a single application. So, for mm-hmm. example, uh, you know, you, you have application A, you use App Dynamics to optimize, let's say, or find, troubleshoot, ensure that application A functions correctly, right? Then you use app dynamics to ensure that application B functions correctly. But really what's happening is that it's trying to ensure, you know, performance for A and performance for, for B in isolation of each other. You know, same for New Relic. What we are trying to do is essentially be the counterpart, let's say, at the, at the infrastructure layer, right? I mean, we would potentially bucket ourselves as the counterpart for infrastructure performance management where we want to be able to deliver the right uh, infrastructure so that, you know, even though that each one of those applications was being optimized independently, when they're deployed on that same shared infrastructure, you collectively get the best performance out of all of those applications. Gotcha. Right. No, and that and that makes it and that makes a ton of sense, especially you know if we sort of circle it back to what you talked about, which is things are becoming more and more software based, and and people want to leverage. Uh, in some cases, they want to leverage in-house resources, and, and in other cases, it's going to make more sense to, to put things out on the public cloud, and, and you want to be able to say, either one of those could be unknown to you in terms of what the resources look like and, and what's really under the covers, and you want to be able to give that level of control 
to to people that you know may postpone that decision if they think well if i don't know what's out there i'm i'm going to be hesitant to do it and it's it's powerful that what you're trying to do is is give them visibility so they can see what they're getting themselves into and then and to sort of proactively keep up with what's going on with it absolutely yeah and uh, i mean as i was saying beyond the visibility part it's it's uh the the control capability is very core to our technology as well uh it's so uh, i mean it's you you have this shared infrastructure and then the question then always is that how are you sharing the infrastructure right, right? and just as i was saying existing schedulers they take cpu and memory into account they they kind of try and place uh you know virtual machines or containers to optimize use of cpu and memory but when it comes to io it's a shared resource still and there's really uh, no partitioning there's nothing everything that's running on that server is it's it's almost using the io as a free for all resource so as part of our our agent that we installed the advanced agent that can do you know the advanced io analytics it can also consume policies that are kind of provided by these orchestration engines to um, to partition how the io is consumed uh amongst the different workloads that are sharing the resources gotcha gotcha so, makes sense how you know as you as you move from from sort of stealth and beta into into closer to ga how, how can people expect uh your technology to be packaged what what, what would you expect the go to market to be like what, how do you expect customers will engage with you to to get the software whether it's for demos and pocs or or for you know further into dev test and production so we are looking at um, a couple of different models. First of all, let me let me tell you what our full stack looks like. Okay. So we we talked about the agent, but let me tell you what our full stack looks like. So um, so there's there's a several different components. The first component is of course the agent that's installed on on the host that uh, you know that can both uh, you know learn the metrics, analyze the metrics, and you know generate consumable signals for you. Mm-hmm. And again, in, in this context of, you know, shared environments where, uh, you know, you, you have your host, you virtualize them or you've containerized them and you're spinning up VMs, you're spinning up containers. What's unique about our technology is it's that it's this single agent that installs on the host. And then no matter, you know, if, whether you're spinning up VMs, how many VMs, containers, how many containers, we do not touch any of that layer. So just that single agent, it can give you all of the metrics for the host or give you all of the metrics for the VM as well. And what the, you know, the footprint for the VM looks, the resource usage footprint for the VM looks like on the host, right? The next layer up is our, is our analytics engine that can consume all of these signals and create uh, for you, um, you know, KPIs that you need, to, you need to watch for in your infrastructure. So for example, uh, very quickly, we can tell you if some, like if your infrastructure is healthy or not, What's at risk in your infrastructure? Uh, if you you know running out of resources, if something is uh, wasting resources, all of those key metrics uh, we can inform you about. The next layer up is this uh, central, uh, what I would call is a central manager, uh, and the reason I call it a manager is because it's purely built for the purpose of consuming your policy and distributing it to all of the hosts. Okay. Each each host works autonomously. Uh, the the you know the central 
controller central manager is purely for the purpose of you know make you know you make the api calls to it we are an api first system each layer of our system exposes a well crafted well defined api um, and you you know you you make your api calls and this controller piece automatically ensures that the uh, the policy is implemented in all of the hosts where it needs to be implemented on the on the side of that is this uh, this interesting thing you know this question about how will people consume us so we are targeting our solution to to clusters we are targeting our solutions to clouds and what that means is that you're running several servers uh, put together as like one single environment as a one single server so what we have built in, what we have built are plugins that can um, you know learn from your uh, management slash orchestration systems so for example we have a plugin for uh, openstack which you know can automatically learn from openstack what your infrastructure look like what's the host what are the projects the tenants the the aggregates the vms whatever it may be we can automatically learn everything and even the installation process is fully automated uh, it, it, it it's a you say go ahead and we just we can install the agent everywhere automatically oh okay similarly we 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 have a plugin for docker where we can auto discover everything your docker environment your uh, containers and again make them all visible to you so we in our world we kind of assume that there will be a, a management orchestration engine that the customers use and we work on the side of that engine and uh, we learn everything from that management system and make everything available to the customer on our system as well and then as and when changes are happening in that management system we are hooked on to it and we are always in 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 you know in sync with that manage, the, the change in state in that management system Okay. Good. Good. Yeah. No. And that's <clears throat> obviously very smart. A lot of people sort of always build their system in a vacuum, and and then you know assume that people just want to use their system. So the fact that you can just kind of auto inventory, auto discover what's going on, and and get into that workflow is is very powerful. So yeah. well, listen. Um, you know, I think we've, we've we've dove into this a little bit. Obviously, anytime people can play with the technology, that's better. Give us a sense of of you know when. Uh, you'd like people to, to start reaching out to you, whether it's, you know, wanting to be part of betas or, or getting early access to things. And, and then, you know, where can, where can we expect to see, uh, see the company out and about or, or how, what's the best way for people to engage with you? So we are actually already out and about. We have several installs uh, already, which are in production environments. Uh, we're learning a lot and we're improving rapidly we currently are on a two weeks uh, release cycle uh, and of course as we get closer to ga um, you know in, in the next few months uh, mm-hmm. our initial go to market is going to be through our partners we have a, a close partnership with mirantis mirantis is the leading open stack distribution yep. so uh, we you know our software will be available as a as a fuel Mirantis fuel plugin and you know if you're running a Mirantis cluster it's going to be very easy for you to just download install and and get it running in, oh, in the cluster yep and following from that we will announce more partnerships with and the goal really is to make the software very easy to consume uh, initial deployments are in, entirely on prem 
where uh, you install our software, you install all of the components on-prem. This, this, our software itself ships as Docker containers. Uh, okay. It's very easy to spin up, very easy to scale. And uh, eventually, in, in the future, we are looking at uh, having a SaaS version of our software as well for the, for the smaller deployments. But at present, all of our customers are large enterprises who you know, want that everything in-house. They want control over their data. And you know, so initially, we are focusing on that on-premise environment. Okay. Okay. No, that makes makes a lot of sense. And, and again, it's it's augmenting uh, those skill sets that a lot of times customers want to want to have a cloud, but don't always have all those sort of skill sets in house, and, and are looking to to augment it with good technology. So, well, listen, um, thank you so much for for all the insight on this. I think, uh, like like I said at the beginning, you know, we, we love kind of talking and, and and finding out about new companies and, and companies that are just on the brink of of sort of. Uh, getting out into the public space, um, you know, we will have uh, links to uh, the Upformix homepage as, as well as some other things uh, in our show notes for everybody who, who wants to go follow up. And, uh, you know, Sumil, uh, excuse me, um, any last sort of things you want to touch on uh, before, we, before we wrap it up for the day? Yeah, so, I mean, if I could just summarize, uh, you know, just a quick summary about Upformix. So there's, there's three there's three key things that I would like to deliver for my customers. The first one is infrastructure transparency transparency at scale, right? In large infrastructures, I want my customers to know exactly how their infrastructure is being consumed, right? I want them to know how they can get better efficiency out of their infrastructure. The, the next challenge is, you know, being able to identify and fix uh, bottlenecks as they occur in the infrastructure and as part of doing that, we want to enable this, you know, this this new policy-based resource utilization, especially when it comes to uh, I/O resources. And then eventually, you know, just as things are in the cloud, right? Like where people um, design their applications, and while they're designing their applications, they have access to all of these APIs that are constantly informing them how uh, you know the infrastructure is behaving and that allows the applications to make better decisions on how to scale or how to scale back and, and things like that. We want to enable that set of APIs that, you know, users in the enterprise can use to better design their applications. So. Yeah. No, it makes, makes a lot of sense. I think, uh, you know, the, the combination of, of your background in this space uh, in terms of both uh, from a, from a PhD perspective on around complicated distributed systems and then having worked in the space is, is very powerful. And then thinking about how you're, you're packaging it, how you're going to market seems extremely well thought out. So, um, so with that, I'm going to go ahead and, and wrap up the show. Um, Sumit, thank you so much for being on today. Uh, for Aaron, who will be back next week. Thank you for listening to The Cloudcast. Please visit thecloudcast.net to find more shows, show notes, videos, and everything social media. 